only a few steps away, is another mosaic panel showing a different imperial couple. The Constantine and Zoe panel was one of the later mosaics that survive of the great Macedonian dynasty, which ruled from 867 until 1056. This mosaic panel, dating to 1118, shows Emperor John II, a man of great piety and intelligence. He was one of the most successful rulers of the Comnenian dynasty, which controlled the Byzantine Empire between 1081 and 1185. He is depicted here with his Hungarian spouse, Irene, daughter of King Ladislaus of Hungary. John and Irene are both remembered with fondness. John, for his mild and just reign as the good emperor, Irene for her kindness to the poor, as the pious and charitable empress. Irene was later elevated to sainthood by the Orthodox Church. They are also known for their patronage as the founders of one of the most notable and largest monasteries of Constantinople, the magnificent Pantocrator Monastery, now a mosque known as Zarek Jami. John is standing on Mary's right side. He wears a conical crown, and his imperial attire is made of purple silk and decorated with enamel, pearls, and semi-precious stones. Like the imperial couple we saw earlier, they are depicted as offering a purse of gold and a scroll. However, they are not presenting these to an enthroned Christ, but to the Christ child, who is seated on his mother's lap. Mary is wearing a blue maphorion with subtle gold ornaments, very much like the one in the apse mosaic. She is holding the Christ child, who is giving a blessing with one hand and bearing a scroll, instead of a book, in the other. Here too, Christ has a cruciform halo. John was not a handsome man, but Irene, who bore him eight children, was famous for her beauty. This contrast is reflected to some extent in the realism of the mosaic. Irene is depicted wearing an unusually large crown. The red hair that frames her pale, powder-covered face is matched by her predominantly red tunic. The inscription surrounding John's portrait reads, John, in Christ the Lord Faithful Emperor, Porphyrogenitus and Autocrat of the Romans, the Comnenus. We have encountered the term Porphyrogenitus before. Like Constantine, the author of the Book of Ceremonies, John was also born in the purple, which means that he was of legitimate imperial descent. There is one more figure that belongs to this panel. On the wall of the pier, we find the figure of Prince Alexius, the couple's eldest son and heir to the throne. This panel was most likely added in the year 1122 to mark the proclamation of Alexius as co-emperor. But Alexius did not live to ascend the throne. 
He died a year before his father. Now that we have examined in detail these two mosaics, let us consider their style. The mosaics we have seen so far belong to Byzantium's second golden age, which began around the mid-9th century and lasted until the conquest of the city in 1204 by the Knights of the Fourth Crusade. Despite military setbacks and loss of territory, this was a time of considerable prosperity for the empire. It was an age marked by a flowering of the arts and learning. The Second Golden Age started with the defeat of iconoclasm and the promotion of new artistic standards. In accordance with this new aesthetic, the figures in the mosaics are all set against a golden background. This setting, which is usually interpreted as some sort of heavenly domain, is like a void since there is no indication of either three-dimensional space or any kind of place. Inhabiting this void are ethereal figures that appropriately lack volume and bodily presence. They are outlined in a linear and graphic style and without the use of shading, which artists normally apply to create a sense of volume and bodily presence. Not even the slightest attempt was made to create an illusion of full-bodied figures occupying real space. Only the facial features of the portrayed are realistic, so as to be distinguished in the otherworldly life and recognised for their piety and contribution. The Second Golden Age presented a dramatic break from the realism that distinguished much of ancient Roman art. We shall come closer to understanding this ethereal Byzantine aesthetic if we remember the terms under which religious images were permitted in post-iconoclastic times. They were portrayed not as imitations of reality, but as depictions of sanctity. In these images, we do not see depictions of actual events, but symbolic renditions of divine and imperial glory.